Hey, everybody. This is Frankie from the Breakpoint Podcast. We want to thank you all for tuning in to Marcus and I discussing our love and passion for the game of tennis. Your engagement and support goes a long way to helping this podcast continue to grow. Please be sure to give us a follow. Rate our podcast on our social channels, Spotify, Apple, Amazon, Google, or any other place that you get your podcasts. And on social media, Instagram at Breakpoint Podcast 7, Twitter at Breakpoint Pod 7, LinkedIn, and of course, our website, podpage.com forward slash break dash point dash podcast. Remember to subscribe to our podcast so you're the first to know when there's a new episode drop and more people like you can find our podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Breakpoint Podcast, starring myself, Frankie, and my co-host, Marcus. And in today's episode, we are going to be revisiting something that we have spoken about a number of times on this podcast, uh, which is the dumb rules in tennis that we think need to be changed, or at the very least, Marcus and I are going to discuss why they should be on the docket of maybe something that needs to change. So hopefully you all enjoy this. We are going to be trying to do a little bit more of the off the wall, non following the tour sort of episodes that we had done a little bit. I know back to the good old days, (laughs) Uh, just because we've been doing a lot of the tour content and we want to change it up. Variety is the spice of life. Am I right, Marcus? Damn straight. Damn straight. Got to tell the ladies that too, Frankie. Oh boy, not touching that with a ten foot pole. And on to the first on to the first bullet point that Marcus has written down for us here, which is the medical timeout. And I think that this is the rule that has certainly come under the most scrutiny over the past like two, three years in the post COVID tennis war era, uh, if you want to call it that. Uh, especially with Stefano Sitsipas and Novik Djokovic. But Djokovic has been doing this for years for what it's worth. So Moving on, but uh, Marcus, this is a really polarizing topic, I think. So let's hear what your perspective is. So for the medical timeouts, the the problem that I have, Frankie, and we're going to get into this, is the actual, it's the discretion of the umpire of when the medical timeout actually starts. So when the physio comes on court, right, so let's say I'm playing Frankie, Frankie busts his toe or something. The physio will come on court and then he can technically there's no time limit on how much time he has to evaluate Frankie, right? So he can look at Frankie's toe for like 10 minutes. I mean, we've seen evaluations happen for a long time. And then once they diagnose it, I'm putting air quotations here, uh, then they start the timer on the medical timeout, which is actually three minutes from there. What a lot of players, I think, beef about is the fact that the evaluation takes too long and then once it's been five, six minutes, and then you start the three-minute timer, it's almost been 10 minutes since you've hit a ball. Um, and let's be quite frank, like if you're not able to go after that type of, you know, length of time, then you shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't be able to be allowed that, that much time in order to kind of get yourself back into the match. So it's really not so much the, I don't, yes, yeah, some players definitely you do take advantage of it. And I think it's, you know, whether or not that's fair or not, that's up to them for them to decide. I'm more so I think that we need to set kind of a guideline of like there should be three minutes for evaluation, three minutes for medical timeout. So six minutes, you basically got like max six minutes to take care of all of this or five minutes, however you want to make it. And that's it. You have to go play the next point or not. 
Another thing I want to add on about the medical, and I know you were, I posted this on Instagram, Frankie, um, the fact that diabetics are at Grand Slams apparently not allowed to take insulin on court. Hello, Mr. Alex Zverev. Um, that's absolutely ridiculous. It makes zero sense. There's no reason for him to go off the court to go take a shot of insulin. It literally takes two seconds. You jab it in your leg and you're done. No medical professional can administer this for you. I'm type 1 diabetic myself. The doctor's not going to know how much I need to take. Every diabetic in this world is completely self-sustaining. It shouldn't even be a topic of conversation, really. But just wanted to throw that out. But we'll, we'll go back to the actual medical timeout portion. Go ahead, Frank. Yeah, no, I think I think that was a great summary and, and a pretty well thought out point. Um, in response to the, just because it's the last thing you said to the diabetic thing, um, our friend Nick Borak over at Tipsy Tennis responded to that post and said, I think it's just, I think that they have that rule in place purely for the aesthetic of it, which I think is correct. Ultimately that it probably is just in place because they don't like the idea of an athlete, you know, sticking a needle in them in the middle well, of the, the middle of the court. But, uh, I completely agree with Marcus. It's a ridiculous rule just change it like you, you there's ways to do it uh, over a tv timeout not showing that player like you know there's so many different ways that you could fix this without requiring them to go out of outside of the court uh, especially for somebody that is an outspoken diabetic uh, which alex Zverev now is so that rule gotta go in terms of the actual medical timeouts i think it's a really complicated sort of question um I think that the gamesmanship part of the medical timeout will simply always be there no matter what you do, which kind of makes me think like maybe tennis should have timeouts. Like each player gets like one timeout a set, like two, three minutes, whatever it is, like for whatever reason it may be to stop the momentum. Like I actually think that's a really interesting dynamic that could be um, instituted if they did that and it would prevent the medical timeout from being abused because at that point like just use your regular timeout and you know it's all do good whatever you do I have a similar thought to the bathroom breaks later on but go ahead I, I'm, yeah I'm with you there yeah I think that would be a really interesting one because especially and this is another thing we'll get into like the challenges and uh, and all of that but like especially with that side of it going out like a planner a player doesn't have to manage necessarily how many challenges they get a match with Hawkeye live like now they could just manage how many timeouts they get which I think or how many timeouts they have which I think is an interesting sort of thing for a player it's it's I think it's just an interesting strategy element to add to uh to the game that would sort of fix a lot of the medical timeout nonsense that goes on but mm -hmm. I agree with Marcus I think it needs to be like pretty hard like three minutes three minutes three minutes and just end it um if a player is not good enough to move on, I think that I, that's sort of where I'm not sure. Like, I think that there is this gray area with what you're talking about where it's just like, okay, like I can't fix them in three minutes, but if you give me like 15 for these painkillers to kick in, like he'll be good to go. And that's where I think it gets very murky as to what the right answer is. Right. Like just, just to be honest, because you don't want to have a situation where like a player like if they would literally be 100% in 15 minutes is all of a sudden like throwing, you know, a set or whatever it is, because then it's just a waste of time for everybody there. Right. Like in that match with Carlos and Novak, I almost wish that there was like, a OK, give him 15 minutes to fix this and then, you know, like go out and, and play your best. 
you know, rather than just like, okay, I'm going to throw this set, which is a waste of everybody's time, basically, including the spectators, which is arguably kind of worse. Well, here's another funny that you mentioned that because I was going to bring it up anyway. What are your thoughts on should let, let's say that we don't go let the ATP doesn't go this timeout route that we stick with the traditional MTO. It's three minutes, you know, cramping. Should that be treatable? Should you be allowed to take medical timeouts for that or no? Yeah, I was I was actually going to bring this up and ask the same question to you because I think it's an inter- it's another really interesting gray area because on one hand it's like all right, that's not really an injury, quote unquote, like cramping is brought about by like a player mismanaging their hydration, really, right? But on the other hand, like at a hotter tournament, like a Miami or an Australia, or if the U.S. opens in a heat wave, like that probably should be covered under like a medical timeout because the players are in tough conditions, you know? So it's, it's a, again, this is not a black and white answer for me. My inclination is to have a rule sort of similar to what soccer has, if you're familiar with that, Marcus, where if it's over like 85, 90 degrees Fahrenheit, the players get a water break each half, right? To sort of prevent Uh, the cramping, whatever. If that's the case, right? Rather than have the hydration break, let's have a, if a player gets a cramp, that counts as a medical, like you could get a medical timeout for that because the conditions uh, are, are extreme quote-unquote i think that would be my sort of middle ground so i'm not going to directly respond to that because i think the next bullet point that we have is going to partially address this as well um and and this one's about the bathroom breaks so okay sure let's go right into it yeah and and let me let me explain my thoughts here so i think so by the way the the rule current rule is for best of three set match each player is entitled to only one bathroom break and it's a best of five set match they're only entitled to two Let's start off by talking about how ridiculous that is um, because these guys are drinking so much water and replenishing their fluids so much that not all of it is being sweat out. You got to go to the bathroom. And if you got to go, you got to go. Like just the fact that you're going to penalize someone for having to go to the bathroom is ridiculous. Now, my idea is to prevent a Sitsipas situation, which they kind of did um, when he was taking too long of bathroom breaks, was set it for a certain time of three minutes. Now, I think that they should maybe increase it a little bit to five. I think that what they should do, Frankie, is this. Instead of having two minutes in between sets, I think you should make it five minutes. And I think that you can do whatever you want during these five minutes. If you want to sit there and chill, sit there and chill. If you want to go to the bathroom, if you want to go to the bathroom. And including these five-minute breaks also gives players a la Carlos, a la other guys who cramp a little bit, more time to hydrate themselves so that we don't run into this situation of oh, it's brutally hot, 100 degrees, he's cramping. Oh, you can't take a medical timeout. That sucks for you. And that sucks for the ref, sucks for the spectators who paid good money, sucks for the other player. I think that five-minute break in between sets also gives people more time to go and buy more food, concessions. Like, I'm just thinking about it for, for everybody. And, you know, what, what, what do you think about that? I'm 100% with you. I mean, this sort of fits in right with what I said, where, like, I'd rather just give a player a timeout rather than do the BS gamesmanship. I think that tennis, tennis, I think, has done a very good job at limiting uh, how long it's going to go, 
right? Like, I, I don't think that pace of play is really a problem in our sport, to be honest. I think the pace of play becomes a problem when you have people taking like 20 minute medical timeouts or going to the bathroom for blah, 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 blah. Like, that's when it comes about. If you make these things clearly defined, I think that they would not be a problem. And I actually think it would make the sport much more watchable, whether it's in person or uh, to advertisers uh, over TV, right? Uh, so I agree with you. There should just be five minutes in between each set. It really is not a big deal as a viewer. Uh, like it allows you to just get up, stretch your legs, do whatever you need to do. If you're in the stadium, it's a great opportunity to go. Like, I don't know how many times it's happened to me where I'm just like, all right, like I need to leave at four at like five, three or whatever in this set, because by the time I go wait online, get my food and come back, the next set's already going to be starting. So I got to make sure to go now. Whereas if I leave when the set ends, everybody's going to go. Then I don't have enough time. And then I'm midway through the next set by the time I get back. It's really irritating. So I 100% agree with you. I think that that rule, that's like easy, automatic. That needs to happen like tomorrow. And to the point of like the frequency of the bathroom breaks, I don't see a reason. Yeah. Like I think that sort of fits in with the five minutes, like going yeah. between sets. There's no big Every deal set, with that. Five minutes. You do whatever you want with those five minutes. As long as you're back to return the ball when that five-minute clock ends, that's it. Yeah. And you know Kind of like halftime in the NBA or soccer or something. Agree. 100%. But what about our next bullet point? Could the players possibly go over to their coach for some coaching, Marcus? Oh, Frankie, this one's going to be a hot take, but I think there should one i think it should be a la davis cup style have your coach on the bench and i and my reasons are this one every other sport you're allowed to coach and allowed to make adjustments and allows for better tennis or better sport for the viewers and two i mean just why not it's not disrupting play you have a minute and a half you can chat with your coach and if it makes people play better and it produces a better product for people I mean, I'm good with getting rid of the old school and I love, and it's still mono mono. That's the thing. Like people think like, oh yeah, you got to think, you still have to think for yourself out there. Your coach can tell you so much, but you still got to concentrate within those points. I think it should be, you're only allowed to coach during those 90 seconds or during those five minute breaks. You can't say stuff in between points. And I think it would produce an amazing product for, and be able to maybe, you know, mic them up a little bit get people, you know, get co- get to hear what these coaches are telling these players, make a little adjustments, I think it would produce a better product. So part of what you're saying I agree with. Part of it I completely disagree with. The part that I agree with, 100%, the coaching needs to be much more a part of the broadcast. Like the miking players up, miking coaches up. I agree. I think that's a really great product that people would really, really like to see. The part I disagree with, I, was, I would never put them on the bench. I don't think that that's I think that the the part that you're missing and maybe it's just a thing that I appreciate and and others do. And I, I know there are others that do is that the admiration that we have for tennis players to going out there and problem solving on their own and struggling to figure it out is part of the I think the charm of tennis and what makes tennis unique. Like what you just said is that every other sport has some version of coaching that's what makes tennis unique is that it doesn't have that you don't have your caddy next to you you know and and that's sort of my one caution with that 
would I change it so that way coaching could be more defined and easier? Yes, 100%. I think during that five-minute break, during that timeout, absolutely, coaching should be allowed. Do I think that the coaches should be able to call timeouts? No, because that's not their, like, that would make it coaching, like, coaching would be much more in the swing of the game, of the match. Whereas if the player is calling it, it's the player making a correct strategic decision on their own, you know? So, like, I, I understand there's gray area with that, but I want the players to be the sole person that's that are in charge of that. But, like I said, I would make it easier. I would make it mic'd up. I would make it more a part of the game. But also, like, I don't want tennis to become like golf is, you know? There's got to be some, like, we've got to keep that uniqueness that tennis has. See, it, my, my thing, my thing, I guess, is like, I, I could be okay with that. Then I, and then, and if we're going to go that route, if we want to keep it unique, then we need to keep it unique. Like, no coaching whatsoever. But my opinion is, if we're going to be thrown in coaching, why not just make it full blown? Let's go ahead, get them on court. And just create a better product for people instead of this, oh, you're only allowed to talk to them on your side of the court and they can tell you stuff, but you, they can only paraphrase and it's up to the umpire's discretion. Like the current rules are also just way yeah, out of no, whack that's as terrible. well. Like, no, 100% agree. That's that's garbage that needs to go. So that's kind of why I'm like, you know what? Like if we're going to do coaching and we want to produce a better product for everybody, let's just get them on court. Let's just make it like every other sport. I mean, we do it in Davis Cup anyway. So what's the difference? Let's just make it full time. Yeah, but I, we, you and I both know that Davis Cup is not exactly a world class product that many people like to watch. That's a whole different quality of tennis is great at Davis Cup. It's just the management of the whole that that's that's separate. Fair enough, but still, yeah. I, 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 I hear you. Could, I hear it, you. I think there's more nuance to that than than just like balls to the wall or nothing. You know, we could make yeah. it a nuanced thing, but I think we're largely on the same page that like we need to just clearly everybody's been coaching for years. Like, just let it be. Stop with the bullshit. Like, just let it be. Right. Stop with the BS and things. And, and this is going to go to our next bullet again, is that things need to be more defined so that we don't have these weird umpire discretion type situations. Um I want to point out two videos that I was just looking up on Instagram that you and I were talking about a couple of weeks ago. One was in Lyon, France. Actually, I think we're both in Lyon. Um, one I with Arthur right. Field yes. and yeah. Yumer. So, oh no, 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 no. Sorry. Um, wait, 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 wait. Where did you just say they were? They were both in Lyon. Yes, that's correct. It right. was not Geneva. It was not Geneva. Yes, right. They were Lyon, Sud, Sud, France. Yeah. We. Oui. Uh, it was. Arthur Feel against Yemer. Feel hits a ball close to the line. And again, I, we need to... Hawkeye needs to be everywhere as well. But he hits it and Yemer says it's out and says, hey, come and check the mark. And the chair empire just refuses to go down and look at it. That should never happen. Ever. Ever. You check the mark no matter what. That's Every chair empire should know that. And then there was a situation where Krajunovic hits a backhand winner... Or, well, it was technically a winner against Manorino. And Manorino gives him the call, says, no, it's good. Like, ref, no need to come down. I'm, I'm conceding the point. 
the, the ref comes down, looks at the mark, calls it out, and then asks Manorino, oh, are you going to still concede the point? Because I'm going to call it out now. And Manorino's like, well, of course I'm not going to concede it now that you're calling it out. And then Karina is just like, why did you ask him if it was in or out? Ridiculous stuff that, again, we need to leave. I think, Frankie, I think the whole the point of this is we need to leave less to the umpires because it's very, very subjective sometimes. Yeah, 100% agree with everything you just said. And like, I think that that is the large, if there's any overarching like sort of mantra that we're trying to to get with these, it's that we are trying to make it as clear as possible when watching, when umpiring, whatever it may be uh, for tennis. Because tennis has done such a fantastic job over the years with Hawkeye of making it so that way there is no gray area. Like tennis is a beautiful game rules wise because there's not a lot of gray area. It's like if the ball is one millimeter on the line, it is in. If it doesn't touch the line, it is out. That's it. You know, like it's a beautiful thing. And like we should take advantage of the clarity that tennis has rule wise in comparison to like the NFL or the NBA where like I still can't tell you what a catch is in football and I still can't really tell you what a blocking foul is or a charge is in basketball. Like let's take advantage. Let's lean into that, you know? Mm -hmm. So I agree with you. Nay, a Hawkeye live everywhere. I don't know why we would ever have a situation where we have our umpires again, just not needed. Yeah. Two, or or the challenge system or yeah it's yeah, ridiculous yeah. get rid of that it, you talk about pace of play hawkeye live was a, a light years ahead in terms of its pace of play it made such a difference mm-hmm. number two uh, sorry number three like with the chair umpires like because you're not going to have the side reps and this and that like because of that like make their job easier ultimately like this is just to make their job easier like these are clearer, more defined rules that they know exactly what they need to do. And it's it's really not that hard, you know? And like the the fourth thing that I'll add to that actually that we should discuss is that because we're gonna have Hawkeye Live, because we're gonna have all these clear cut rules, there's gonna be zero tolerance for players who misbehave with this crap. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like if you have a situation where Hawkeye Live says the ball's out and you start smashing your racket or chirping at the ref, no warning, point penalty. Like, enough. And, like, it's got to be a situation, like, in baseball, where you have, like, for calling balls and strikes, if you argue that, if you argue an umpire's strike zone, like, you're out. Like, there's there's no sort of discussion. It's like, you're gone, right? We need to be so much more aggressive with penalties for players that are just like causing nonsense and it's not like i'm saying that they can't have fun and not have personalities like i want you to have a personality i want you to have fun but i'm also not interested in watching you argue with an umpire and like wasting everyone's time yeah i mean let's just make it just purely about the tennis that's that's what this is about just making it less about the other antics less about oh he I'm challenging and oh, well, he got his racket on it. So like we're going to redo the point. Just all this indiscretion is just ridiculous. And it's some tournaments do it. Some don't like it needs to be homogenous across the board, you know, in order just to make things better. It doesn't I don't care what surface. Yeah, I know Clay has the mark, but like even that can get pretty ambiguous if there's two marks next to each other. One, you know, what if they just 
uh, swept the line and it looks like it's hitting the line, but it, you know, it, it's just, it's just silly. And it, it, we need to make it a little bit more concrete. Frankie, last one. Um, I'm a big proponent of this. The most contentious one from the last episode. Yes. Yes. Um, let serves. Should they be a thing? Like playing, what I mean by let serves people is, I mean, when you hit a serve and it is a traditional let, uh, you just keep playing the point like you would any other ball in tennis that hits in that a la Division One college tennis. Okay. So, we oh, all yeah. know Marcus's opinion on this. We're going to be here. For the folks at it. home, Marcus is 100% in on the let serves. He He wants, you know, full mayhem, so to say. The thing is, I kind of have ended up agreeing with him, and I hate saying it. Yes, I I, yes! I hate saying it because the point that he makes about every other time the ball hits the net cord, we play it, is really true. It's not like we stop the point like in the middle if it hits the net, you know. Like, I think it could add some good variety. My mind again, I'm all about the nuance, people. My nuanced take on this is that. For non-majors, I think this is an automatic add it, be done. For majors, maybe I would like to keep it out just to keep the tradition going and like make them again, like add that unique factor. But then it gets into like, oh, but why do they have different rules? And it kind of becomes a mess. So if you had a gun to my head and you asked me like, add the let serves or don't add them i would say don't add them like i like the game as it is i don't feel the need to change it but if you were to tell me tomorrow that the atp said they're adding let serves in and like you know they don't want to like that's a new rule that's coming in i'd be like okay whatever whereas before i would have been like oh what a garbage rule change does that make sense totally and to add another point on to just besides the fact that, yeah, it happens on every other ball, but why the serve? It's also like serving is such an advantage, especially in professional tennis. Like, why should you be rewarded for hitting the net? Right? I mean, just silly. Just silly yeah, to me. Yeah, it's a great point. It's a great point. It adds, it makes it so, like, if you hit a crappy net cord, like, the ball just bounces up. Like, the guy returning gets a free point, basically. Yeah. You know? I mean, uh, it makes it more. It, I, it, make, I like it makes it. it more exciting too. I think you know, especially when it's like tight point, it hits and everyone's like, "Ooh," you know. And, and it, that's how it is on every other point. Another one just popped into my mind before we wrap this up, Frankie. Should pro tennis go no ad? Um, quickly before we touch on that, because that's actually a good question. Uh, is I also think the net cord would prevent people from standing like a hundred feet back on the baseline. And like just pounding returns, you know, whatever, like nonsense. And it would make people have to step into the baseline and you get like more aggressive offensive play. And it would stop some of the defense like nonsense that's going on with returning. That's incredibly frustrating to watch because it's just like, A, you should just underarm serve it. And B, like I would serve in volley immediately. But none of these guys have the stones to serve in volley outside of like three or four. So they don't do it. Yeah. Anyway, rant over. Um, on to the no ad thing. Um, I actually do think I would do no ad. Uh, that I actually do think is definitely a nuanced one where I would do 
um, no ad for um, for everything that's not a major, just to sort of keep the pace of play going. But majors, I would definitely want no ad. I mean, majors, I would want ads, ads to the tension. Like, I think the tension of going back and forth on a deuce is really, really exciting and something that I would very much miss. I think it would make tennis too fast. Yeah, I'm torn on the no ad thing because on the one hand, the, the, the you're right. The tension of going back between ad, no, you know, ad, deuce, ad, deuce is like super exciting. The downside is that it can extend play pretty pretty dramatically especially if you're having like a 10 12 14 i mean i've seen it up to go to like 14 um for what it's worth i think on the amateur side everything should be no ad the amount of usta matches that i've had where like we have one crazy like deuce game that goes like 10 times and then you hit the time limit and in like the middle of the second set it's just like what what are we doing here dude you're you're talking to somebody who just played a three hour doubles match yesterday at the denver city open here shout out to my peeps there but it was it was crazy and like this match could have easily been done in two had we played no ad so yeah i i'm torn on the no ad thing i i think it should be i think it should be experimented with i think i think a lot of these things we should introduce maybe at the challenger level see how players respond and then okay if we like it you know we'll take votes surveys whatever if we like it we'll move it on to the atp if not we just cut it. Well, that's what they need to start doing with the Challenger Tour more is do what Major League Baseball has done very nicely with minor leagues, which is just like, oh, yeah, before we do the pitch clock, we're going to try it in minor leagues for like three years. See how it goes. Work the kinks out. And like, that's what they need to do with a bunch of these like rule changes. And like they should have like a rules committee that's like sort of thinking about these things, thinking ahead. That's like we should try this, like throw it in a Challenger to see how it goes. Oh, it didn't work because of X, Y, Z thing. Okay, let's retool it. Try it at this one now. You know, yeah. like this is this is the kind of things that they should be doing. But yeah, I agree. I I, I think for challengers, for maybe two fifties even, or two fifties and five hundreds, like do no ad. Like why not? Like Test I, it, I don't yeah. see I don't see a reason why not. If you want to keep it different and unique for the for the masters 1000s and for the the grand slams where people are playing paying a pretty penny to get in i understand it i think the tension's really important and it's good right so keep the spec like make make ten like doing stuff like that makes those tournaments more special and that's a good thing that's a good thing for tennis yeah and listen it's it we need more excitement and there also and this is another episode but the problem with getting all these rules kind of organized, Frankie, um, you've got too many governing bodies in tennis. You've got the ATP, you've got the ITF, now you've got UTR yeah. running their tournaments. Like it, it, everyone's got different rules. Different. We'll we'll do yeah. a whole tennis restructuring. The schedule needs to be fixed. We're gonna do all of that stuff later this summer, and 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 you know we hope to get some people on for those as well. Um, who are probably smarter than Marcus and I. But um, definitely. thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We really appreciate it. As always, just hit us on Instagram if you want to be on the podcast, anything like that, at at BreakpointPodcast7. And we will catch you next time. See ya. Bye, peeps.